What's up, everybody? You're listening to the What's On Your Mind podcast. I'm your host, Dre Emerson, and welcome back to the new season of our show. This is the first podcast of 2022. I took a little time off, but I'm back and I'm ready to do some shows. It feels good to be back doing this. Uh, it's a lot of things that's going on in 2022, so it's going to be a bunch of content to talk about. bunch of content. We got some new exciting things planned out for the year. Um, new segments that we're going to do. We're also going to be a big thing that we're doing here in this uh, 2022 is going to be taking mailbag questions. So if you got questions, send them in to our Instagram, send them in to our Twitter at Player Circle. Make sure you get those questions to me. You also can find me at on Dre Emerson on Twitter or Drizbra on Instagram. So like I said, you got some questions, send them in. We're going to answer them at the end of the show. So um, today's show, well, for our son, if you're a new listener, it's probably important that I tell you what we talk about on the show is loaded with sports content. We talk about entertainment. We talk about pop culture, video games, all that. Like I said, my, my thing is I don't discriminate against entertainment. So we, we talk about it all on here. I'm a big movie guy, obviously big gamer. I do it all. You know, I do it all. I cover it all. I love sports. So that's the gist of it. Getting back into what we're talking about in today's episode we're covering NFL Black Monday and the NFL playoffs, which is beginning this weekend. This is a recording on Wednesday, by the way. This is a recording on Wednesday. So NFL playoffs start on wild card weekend on Saturday. So NBA playoffs, I mean, not NBA playoffs, NFL playoffs, we're going to be talking about that. Clay and Kyrie made their returns these past two, uh, past couple weeks. So we're going to be talking about their return to their respective teams and what that means for the league. And we have the debut of our new segment, Bachelor Corner, working title, where we're going to be keeping up with all the Bachelor news that is going on in the current season with Clayton. So that's going to be towards the end of the show. If you're a big Bachelor person, if you're a fan of the show, make sure you tune in for that. So just going to dive right into it. Our first topic of the day, Black Monday, or as I like to call it, Pink Slip Monday, where we had a bunch of, of coaches and GMs basically let, let go at the end of the NFL season after the finals game is played in the regular season. It was a lot of coaches and GMs that went. Ryan Pace, uh, Matt Nagy from the Bears, Vic Vangio was fired. Uh, just recently, yesterday, Joe Judge was fired after Dave Gettleman re, uh, retired. Still waiting to see what the Jaguars do with their GM situation. Um very curious to see, especially with that whole clown game situation, which was awesome to see, by the way. Congratulations. I think the Jag- the Jags have become one of my favorite fan bases. Like, the things that they do are hilarious. But one of the more controversial ones that has everyone talking is Brian Flores uh, from the Miami Dolphins. And what that means, uh, just... It was a surprising move that came. Uh, no one was expecting it, really. Not that I'm aware of. But it's brought a lot of questions into the organization. Um, what's going on with owner Steve Ross? Uh, GM Chris Gear, he was safe, which was uh, surprising. Uh, or maybe not surprising. But Brian Flores being let go is definitely, definitely surprising. So 
before I get into my thoughts on the situation, let's just take a look at Brian Flores, uh, his his very short term career with the Dolphins. He t- he coached them for three seasons, where he went twenty four and twenty five. He had a nine and eight record after starting one and seven this season, dealing with an injury tool for the past two seasons really. He has zero postseason appearances, but I think it's important to add context that he took over a rebuilding team that had no direction, that sucked, to put it bluntly. They sucked, and he took a rebuilding team and made them a, mm, I don't want to say perennial, but they, for the back-to-back seasons, they've almost made the playoffs. They are one of the better defensive teams in the league. And not to mention, he has won four out of six matchups against Bill Belichick. Four out of six. That's for anybody to do that. It's hard to do. As a, and he's one of Bill's uh, disciples. He beat him four times in that division. So to me, it's it's definitely a shocking move. Uh, one I did not see coming. Like I said, he he took a team that started at one and seven and almost made the playoffs. Just context about what's going on with the with the team. It's a lot of back and forth about going on about not wanting Tua. Clearly, Brian Flores did not want Tua. It was reported that he wanted Justin Herbert, who they had a chance to draft but didn't. A piece has came out from the Miami Herald, Barry Jackson, talking about how Flores wanted more power with the organization, and he was demanding things that wasn't in his domain. And important thing that I want to bring up that was brought up in that article is that Greer was respectful. That's a quote. He was respectful of honor Stephen Ross, which makes me to believe that Brian Flores wasn't. And when you talk about the things that he wanted, he wanted more power, he wanted more control, he wanted to oversee more things that Chris Greer was trying to handle. It's just a very murky situation because obviously it just wasn't a good relationship that uh, deteriorated. And... Brian Flores, he just seems like a, a straight-to-business, ready-to-win-now coach. And the fact that it was just so much uncertainty going on with the quarterback situation, how they didn't want to pull the trigger to go get Deshaun Watson, seems like he just got tired of it. Seems like the GM and the owner got tired of it. And they both just wanted to go their separate ways. Maybe uh, Brian Flores obviously probably didn't want to get fired. But I promise you, Brian Flores is going to be better off from this. He's going to go into a better situation, probably with a better team, and probably with better players, better draft position. Like, if you go to the Giants, he, they got great draft position. So, this could be a blessing in disguise for Brian Flores, who I just want to confirm to everybody. Like, he is going to get picked up. He's going to get picked up. And if you're um, wondering, like, why like, I'm so concerned about Brian Flores, like, he is a minority coach. He's a black African-American coach. And we know how things go with black coaches in the NFL. So that lands into the question, are we going to have questions about the NFL Rooney rule again this season? And my just thoughts are, it's a lot, it's a lot of great, it's a great pool of minority coaches right now in the NFL. You got the Bucks assistant coaches who are uh, just coming off Super Bowls. You got the assistant coach in uh, Kansas City. I'm sorry I can't think of their names right now off the top of my head. Eric Bahini from the Kansas City Chiefs. You got Brian Flores out there, obviously, right now. So it's a great pull. So it's going to be interesting to see just how that situation plays out. And I just, wanna, I, I just wanted to know. It, it is important to note 
that Buccaneers uh, assistant coaches have been looked at for some of these open positions right now. And obviously, we all figure Brian Flores is, as well is going to be looked at as well. So if not, if we don't see some of these coaches get hired this go around, it's going to be some it's going to be some hell to pay in the NFL. It's going to be some hell to pay because you just cannot keep doing this. You can literally not keep doing this. So moving on to our next topic, getting off of that NFL playoffs. So Super Wildcard Weekend starts this Saturday. I think Bengals and the Raiders kick off the first matchup at 4:30. It's gonna be it's gonna be some great games. It's some great matchups right now. You look at the well, first of all, the Titans and the Packers. They both clinched the uh, first week by. In, the, in this new revised season where we had 17 games and it's only going to be one team with a bye, Packers and the Titans both clinched a bye for their teams. So we're going to take a look at some of these matchups coming up. Like I said, Raiders and the Bengals are going to be the first one, obviously. So obviously Bengals are at home for winning their division against the Raiders. This matchup is going to be it's real interesting to me because this is one of the harder-to-call matchups. Because both teams are kind of even. Like, both have really good offenses. Probably Bengals you will take above the Raiders for sure with the weapons they got. Joe Mixon, uh, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. The tight end, he's pretty good too. I mean, along with Joe Burrow. Like, they have a very, very good offense. Probably one of the some of the best weapons in the league. But the Raiders are no slouches either. I mean, they got Darren Waller. They got Hunter Winfrow. They got Derek Carr, who's who's one of the upper echelon quarterbacks in the NFL. If we're just going to be real about it. They got Josh Jacobs, who can who's one of the better running backs in the NFL who can run the ball. And they seem to have a a set goal in mind of what they want to do, some set play calls. Like it just seems like everything is just clicking for the Raiders after getting past the whole John Gruden fiasco. So that's that matchup is is real hard to call, but I think the Raiders is going to edge it out just because, and I'm not trying to hate on Joe Burrow, but he's he has played some of the worst corners in the NFL this season. Like, he played the Ravens practice squad twice. So all this overhyping of him being one of, like, PFF got him, like, one of the, like, top three quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, all that is blown out of proportion. He's a good quarterback, but he's not up there yet. And both of these teams are 10-7, and seven, so... I think when it comes down to it, I trust Derek Carr, surprisingly, to not turn the ball over. Because also another thing, Joe Burrow is was one of the top leaders in interceptions this season, even against poor cornerbacks. Like, even against poor cornerbacks. So that's just telling in itself. So moving on to the next matchup, we got Patriots and the Bills. This one, it could go either way. Obviously, Josh Allen is a supreme talent at the quarterback. Buffalo is a great team, but the Patriots beat him this season. And Bill Belichick is a is the GOAT coach, and you should never doubt him. They beat him in Buffalo. And one thing that's uh, come a stat or something that I just heard of earlier today, Josh Allen is not that good in cold games. I mean, you would think what quarterback is, but apparently he's a like below-average quarterback in cold games. And... From the weather reports, it's going to be a really, really with like cold game with possible snow flurries in Buffalo. So that's important to watch for. Obviously, you know, Bill Pelger is going to do whatever he can to take away your best weapons, use the environment to his advantage. 
They're going to probably run the ball, not not give too much to Mac Jones, who only threw like three to four times in that first matchup in which they won, which almost one of the passes was like almost supposed to be an interception. So that's I should have made this my harder to call matchup, but I think I'm going to go with in Bill Belichick we trust. He's back. He's ready to make his staple in the playoffs. I think he's ready to F some shit up. I think he's ready. I think he's hungry. He saw how things went for Tom Brady last season. He heard the talk about him. He's back. Well, the cyborg is back, and he's ready to dominate. Probably the most watched game that's going to be going on this wildcard weekend is, no doubt, the Cowboys and the 49ers. It's probably going to be one. It's going to probably break records. You got two of the most historic teams right now in the playoffs going head to head. It's going to be for me. Well. You, everyone know if you don't know, I'm a big Cowboys fan. So you know how I'm swinging. You know which way I'm swinging on this. But I got to face reality. 49ers, they got a good defense. And it, it worries me. They got a, they got a, a low-key good offense because they know what they want to do. They want to run the ball. And they got Debo Samuel, who's a monster. George Kittle, monster, who I believe is the, the best tight end in the game. But... I think it's just going to come down to who's got the best quarterback in the end. And Dak Prescott, for what it falls, were fall the hate. He's played great in the playoffs. Rookie season, went head-to-head against Aaron Rodgers, put up numbers. Him, Des Bryant, and Ezekiel Elliott, like, put up numbers. Now, he played, he outplayed, we're being real about it, he outplayed the Rams led by Jerry Goff. But the defense just wasn't there. Defense wasn't there. And but that was after he played good in this bounce back in the playoffs and beat Russell Wilson in Seattle in the first round where he played exceptionally well. So it's just evidence out there that Prescott playing good, being dependable. And we all know Jimmy G is not. That's why they went out and drafted a quarterback in the, with their first pick in the first round. Clearly, it's some holding back on Jimmy G. They don't want to put the game in his hands. And I feel like that's what it's going to come down to, because. The cow, I, I trust in Dallas. I trust in Dallas. Falls were all the up and downs. We had a, a great bounce back game to lead into the playoffs against the Eagles. I don't care if it's against whoever. For Dak Prescott to put up those numbers and do what they did on the offensive side, clicking, that's good to see because they can do that on any team. They did it against the Patriots, one of the better teams in the NFL on defense. So I trust in that offense to come alive. It's just all about is this defense can make these plays to stop the 49ers offense. And I think they can. And I think they're going to have put Jimmy G in situations to where he's going to have to make that play. And we know the Cowboys is the leader in takeaways in the NFL. Don't people fall, fall to hate that Trayvon Diggs get. He picks the balls away. He picked the ball away 11 times. He's keeping teams from scoring. This over-exaggerated stat. And, you know, I'm, I'm moving on before I get mad, before I get mad, because it's so much hate. It's so much hate. But anyway, Cowboys, I got Cowboys winning that matchup. Kansas City and the page, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, there ain't much to talk about. It's been nice. It was cool to see Ben Roethlisberger, even though he didn't play amazingly well. It's cool to see, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He's getting put out of his misery Sunday night. That and For that to be the Sunday night game, it's a travesty, honestly. Should be the Cowboys and the 49ers. Not some depressing, sad excuse for a, a memorial for 
Ben Roethlisberger career. We know the Kansas City Chiefs are about to put it on them. We know it. Why, why do that to us, NFL? That's just wrong. That's just wrong. Eagles and the Buccaneers. That's just a bad matchup for the Eagles. Like you're, they want to run the ball. They found success in running the ball. That's what changed the season around for them. But you can't run on Tampa Bay. Via Vea, who who inked the deal, like Shaquille Barrett, like you're not you're not running on them. Again, Levante David back, you're not running on them. And I highly doubt for a team that's not fully committed in their quarterback in Jalen Hurts, are they gonna want him to dough a bunch of times in this game? It might come down to it. It might come down to Jalen Hurts doing about forty times, but is he gonna have have success at that? I think it's gonna be tough for him. It's just a bad matchup. I'm sorry. Eagles fall hard though to make it to the playoffs. They fall hard, but it's just just not there. It's just not their game. Now going on to the like first ever, I believe Monday night wild card game in this super wild card weekend. The Eagles probably would have had a better chance against the Los Angeles Rams. Who you can run on? They playing the Arizona Cardinals, and that's going to be a tough matchup. And what's going to be important that we all talk about, Kyle Murray is playing with no pressure. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury might be coaching with some pressure, but Kyle Murray, he's playing with, you know, I can't think of the saying right now, but basically no pressure on him. Matthew Stafford is on the other hand. All the pressure is on Matthew Stafford. They invested in Matthew Stafford. They sent picks away. They sent picks away for other players. Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey. Pick after pick after pick, they just throw it away, and they, they put their future on Matthew Stafford. If they get eliminated in the first round of the playoffs against the Arizona Cardinals, a division opponent, who put it on them one time before this season, it's going to be a lot of questions going on, and it's going to be hell to pay for them. It's going to be hell to pay. Matthew Stafford cannot get away with losing the playoff game. He's probably the quarterback under the most pressure right now. In the playoffs. Absolutely. Under the most pressure right now. Kyler Murray's just chilling. And they get him back J.J. Watt, who's going to be a big boost for them on defense. They should be getting DeAndre Hopkins back. And it should be a good game. Should be a good game. I'm excited about that Monday night football game that we're getting on. What's that, Martha Luther King Day? Very excited about that. So, that's all for the NFL playoffs. We're going to take a quick little break, and then we're going to get into the NBA with Kyrie and Clay's return. Y'all stay tuned. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to the What's On Your Mind podcast. Like I said, I'm your host, Dre Emerson. We're talking NBA. We're talking some NBA. It's getting back to that time. NFL playoffs are going on. It's getting to about to be the end of the season. It's time to lock in. It's time to lock in on the NBA. And what better time to do it than as Clay Thompson is making this return and Kyrie Irving is back to playing basketball? I mean, first of all, what a what a blessing to get back to. Two amazing players. When your team, both teams, are two of the better teams in not only their conference in the NBA. What a better time. Well, you know what? What a better time to get these players back. Now, Clay in his first game back on what it was Sunday night when they played against the Cavaliers was wild and was wild and then return. Got a dunk in, got a little cross going, doing up some crazy floaters. Like this dude, you could tell he was ready to hoop. 
and it was the emotions was there. He's not, you know, showing a mean face. It's great to see Clay Thompson's back, but it's also amazing to see Kyrie Irving back on the floor, a wizard with the basketball. Amazing, one of the better skill sets in NBA history. Kyrie Irving is back, and a new report that came out today from uh, NBA Central on Twitter said that Kyrie Irving might be switching to full-time, a full-time hooper, as Brooklyn as Brooklyn Nets could be allowed to let Kyrie Irving play for small fines. What are these small fines? The first one, a warning. The second one, like what, $1,000? Third, 2000 the fourth offense, 5000 And the fifth offense to an affinity offense? Offenses? Damn, was I saying that wrong this whole time? That's, that's awkward. That's embarrassing. But a fifth offense to infinity is only 5K? Whoo, that ain't nothing. That is nothing to the Nets owner. That's nothing. How many games was left in the season? Like what? I'm guess probably say about like 40. 40, you know, times five, what's that, 200? That's 200,000. The Nets owner got that. So you're telling me Kyrie Irving is about to make his return to a full-time hooper? I got the Nets going all the way, people. They're the top seed in the Eastern Conference. KD's on the mission. He's hooping. James Harden, like he's getting his legs back as the season goes on. As long as this team stays healthy, no one's stopping the Nets. And I think that as long as the other team, on the other hand, can stay healthy, we're going to be seeing a clash of the Nets and the Warriors in the NBA Finals. Because, ladies and gentlemen, Steph Curry is hooping. And he's back. He's got rid of his little slump of shooting. Oh, that little, that little slump that people wanted to make fun of about a week or two ago? That's over with. He's hooping. Better be in Steph Curry. They got Klay Thompson's coming back, who's eager, who's dying to put up shots. He need, he need to slow down a little bit, though. Because some of those he could dump off and make some passes. But that's, I understand. You got to find that shot, too. But if, if Klay comes back and he's he can give you about 20 points per game, that's all the Warriors need. Because in the losses that they had, it, you know, they're one of the better defensive teams. It's because they didn't have scoring. Jordan Poole, who's been great, sometimes he has off days. Sometimes Wiggins don't show up. Even though he's having a great season. Just kind of, you know. If Klay can make up with that with, a, you know, 20 points per game scoring? And the way the Western Conference looks now? Yeah. I got the Warriors going into the NBA Finals to play the uh, Brooklyn Nets. The Warriors got incredible home field advantage. Like, once once that arena gets rocking, Steph Curry throws and gets some theories up. Oh, it's hard to play in there. You get demoralized. You just get demoralized. As a fan, just listening to it, watching the game, and you just hear Mike Breen, bang, bang. It's demoralizing. Demoralizing. Ooh, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's time to lock in on the NBA season, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to lock in. Some great hoops going on. Some great hoops. John Morant was hooping last night against the Warriors. Who lost, by the way? Now we got questions going on. Is John Morant, are you taking John Morant or Zion? And that's a that's a question for another day, another pod. But ladies and gentlemen, let's remember. Zion Williams is an efficient 27 points per game score. 
on one of the worst teams in the NBA. And that's all I'm going to say about that situation. That's all I got. Going to take a quick little break, and then we're going to end the show with our new segment, the debut of Bachelor Corner, working title. Y'all stay tuned. So I want to explain something about myself. Yeah. It's really hard for me to have multiple auditory inputs because I can't process the information. I have ADHD. I've had it really bad since I was a kid. Okay. Like, I was probably just really trying to concentrate on what NC was trying to say to me. Okay. And maybe you had said something in the middle of her saying something or me saying something. And I just, I can't, like, hear it. Like, I literally was trying to, I was talking to you and NC, and you literally weren't even looking at me. I just explained that to you, though. No, I'm saying I'm, I'm reiterating like what how I felt. You're one way one minute with me, and then you're one the next. Like that's two faced to me. Babe, you pushed me today. Like I'm sorry. If we're talking about two faced, if you really feel like we're tight, you probably shouldn't be pushing me either. So that was some audio from the last episode of The Bachelor. This season starring Clayton. He is the Bachelor. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our new segment, Bachelor Corner, working title, where I'm going to talk to you about all the latest things going on in Bachelor, or Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise, whichever one's going on. But I'm going to try to keep you updated, try to give you some takes, who I think the villains are, who I think, who's the authority figures, and most importantly, who's the front runner. And obviously, we're going to be doing some Bachelor, uh, Bachelorette watch. To see who's going to be up for that. But that's that's the essential, that's the nitty, uh, nitty gritty of the Bachelor Corner. Working title. Last episode on Monday night was wild. For anybody that was following my Twitter feed, it was wild. Crazy episode. We got our two villains, our first two legit villains of the season. Cassidy and Shanae showed they complete ass in this last episode. So... Cassidy, they went on a group date, which had Hillary Duff in it, who looks amazing, by the way. Bad. Still looking bad. Had Hillary Duff on a group date. Cassidy did not want to do the group date. Uh, for the people that wasn't watching, on the group date, they were supposed to be doing the kids' birthday party. Cassidy had nothing to do with it. She said, F them kids. F them kids. She want nothing to do with it. She was tasked with helping Gabby build the uh, playhouse. She didn't want nothing to do with it. All she did was make out with Clint, which was very inappropriate, I want to just say. Very inappropriate to be doing at a kid's birthday party. Very sloppy. I'm talking like they full-on groping each other, like going at it. And she was rewarded. She was actually rewarded for her bad behavior and got the group day rose. So it's clear to me that Clint is just a horny. He's just a horn dog. Dude, he, you know what I'm saying? He, he likes the girls that give him affirmation. That shows him, like, hey, I'm here with you. He loves that shit. And he's horny. He's having fun. He's about, he said he's about to make the most of this. We already know he done slept with, like, multiple girls in this season. We know that from the previews. So, uh, it's just funny to see uh, Cassie. She just rewarded with bad behavior, man. Our first villain. She was our first villain. Our second villain that we got in this episode is Shanae, who is terrible. She is worse than Cassidy. And it's funny because Cassidy was coaching her up. It, it, it was like the, the meme, the gif of Draymond Green coaching up Kevin Durant, 
when they was both on the Warriors. And he's doing the hand movements. That's what it was like watching Cassidy coach up Sinead. But she coached up to Sinead to be absolutely terrible. She said the real Sinead came out. If that's the real Sinead, I don't want to know her in public, in real life. So she made fun of Elizabeth, who told her that she had ADHD. Because it was, it was, it was a physical group date where they had to do like some obstacle course. Elizabeth pushed her. But... I mean, Sinead pushed Elizabeth, and Sinead was, like, trying to be this completely different person after she got the pep talk up from Cassidy to be this asshole, basically, of a person. More confident, though, which, which we love to see. We love confidence. But she was an asshole. She was being rude, uh, very direct. She sat next to Clayton in a group day and was, like, all flirty, flirty up. But she was just so rude, and she was mean. Like I said, she made fun of Sinead. I mean, she made fun of Elizabeth, like, for having ADHD. Like, come on. That's a terrible person. That's just a terrible person. She takes a cake for the villain so far. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I love a good villain. I love a good villain. And I love to see the villains do good, though. I'm not going to lie. The authority figure for the show so far... I got Kira as it. You know, she just seems like she's in all the drama. And I love... And I like Kira. I want Kira to make it far... Killer came out. She had the, the 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 bathing suit. I mean, not the bathing suit. You know, the lingerie on under the uh, doctor's robe. She's a doctor or a nurse, something. But she's just. I hate. Don't be that girl to get into all the drama. Focus. Focus on. Focus on the dude. Who I just. My. I by the way had the most bummiest fit in Bachelor history that I ever saw. Who is his stylist? Who is approving what he is wearing? Because that is absolutely horrible. My boy needs some swag. They butchered him, man. They did him dirty. I hope he did not pick that out. But I would not be surprised because he recently said on a podcast or something that he wear he used to wear boot cut jeans or something. So I wouldn't be surprised. But what was that? That pullover? T- like what? Horrible. 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 Terrible. Get into the front runners. Teddy, I, we didn't see that much of Teddy this episode, in the last episode. We saw a lot of Teddy in the first episode, which made me believe that she's going to be at least in the top three. We got a lot of Serene. I'm starting to see a type. I'm starting to see a type claim. I ain't hating on you. We love the sisters. We love the sisters now. I'm starting to see that type, my boy. And then uh, Susie, she's up there too. She had the... Uh, the uh the one on one with Clay. I just I'm not I'm not for Susie. Another Hannah Brown. I'm not for Susie. Just basic. Basic. Just basic. I'm sorry. That is it for Bachelor's Corner. Make sure you t- keep up to date with it. If you got any questions, send them in. We're gonna answer these mailbag questions on the next installments. That was my dog, by the way, Hazel, who just woke up. Getting a little shake on. That's telling me it's almost it's time to wrap this up. It's time to wrap it up. And we're going to close out the show with one of our new segments. What are you watching? What are you watching, Dre? People, people like to know what I'm on, surprisingly enough. Don't quote me on that. But the show I'm currently watching, I got two. The latter, the most important. The latter is the most important. The first show, Station Eleven, is an amazing show. It's an amazing show. I encourage everyone to watch it. It's about... Of a world that has just been ravaged by this deadly disease, basically like COVID. It's basically if COVID was to wipe out most of the world, what would be going on? It's this traveling symphony that's going on. And guys, when I tell you 
that first episode had me hooked. I was fully invested in my girl. Fully invested in my girl to figure out what's going to happen to her. She was a little girl. And then she goes 20 years later. And homeboy uh, Javine, I think, uh, whatever his name is, that was supposed to be watching over her, he's not there no more. So I'm trying to, I'm emotionally invested to figure out what happened. What's going on? Emotionally invested to that show. Very great show. It's on HBO Max. I encourage everyone to watch it. The second show, and like I said, the most important, Abbott Elementary. It's a show about a group of dedicated, in quotation marks, passionate teachers, in quotation marks, and a funny-ass principal set in Philadelphia and just basically the life and tribulations of what these teachers go through in a, in a funny way, in a, in a funny outlook. It's a great show. It stars Quinita uh, Brunson, who's this well-known comedian who's been doing like some underground work and then she's built herself up. And it's a great show. Tyler Jane Williams, everybody hates Chris. He's on it. Got some, it's, a, it's a funny cast. It's a well-rounded cast. They got the this one white guy that's you know trying too hard to fit in with the black people. We got the one funny black teacher who is, uh, not teacher, principal, hilarious. Completely, like, don't give like F about nothing but herself. It's a funny show. It's a well-put-together show. I encourage everyone to watch it. It comes on, on Tuesdays on ABC at 8 o'clock. That's going to be it for me on today's episode. It's been real. Thank you, and make sure you send in those mailbag questions. It's been your, it's been well. Our first podcast of 2022. We did it. We did it. You've been listening to the What's On Your Mind podcast.